round two. All right. Second time's a charm. <laughs> we'll get it right. Yeah. We'll get it right. Who records podcasts in one take these days? <laughs> not us. Not, not, a lot, not a lot of podcasts out there, but we do. Right. See, it was a perfect timing for David to join us. Real quick question on, on one takes, though. Um, just by, by vote. Who believes that Jay-Z records all his verses in one takes and does not write them down? I believe it. You believe it? The old Jay did, for sure. You think the old Jay did? Not the new Jay? I don't know. Watch that chord. Uh, Stu? Um, I think it's probably a combination of the, of the two. I think for him, he probably doesn't care. And so he just raps because he knows it's going to go anyway. But maybe for features, he probably puts more effort into it. That's my guess. Ryan? I think it's a combination of both. But he probably fronts and says that he doesn't write any da- anything down. Yeah. I, I definitely completely think it's gas. Um, yeah. It's it's <laughs> like, you know, it's a myth to add to his yeah. mystique. Right. I, now, I believe like there was a song. <laughs> that... <laughs> maybe even two. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the first song. Where, yeah. yeah, where this happened. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get in this podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Episode 36 of the Marketing Misfits Podcast. Outcast, Black Ice, man. Goody Mob. Ooh. Now you know and I know. I didn't bump every hole in the wall, y'all. Did you catch that phone call? Most of y'all didn't make me. Thought I was tall. Get flipped like a deal. Zip fell on the black ice. Did you play? Sky High, episode 36 of Marketing Misfits. Good job. <laughs> Podcast. Good job. Uh, I am Mike Summers. Dave Smith. Stu Cornelius. Yes. Ryan Chappelle. Welcome, welcome, welcome. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, um, welcome to the Marketing Misfits Podcast. It is uh, myself and a lot of other dope um, black and, and or Hispanic homies um, at other dope companies uh, from around the world. I think at this table we have Spotify, iHeart, um, Twitter, J&J, Heineken, everybody kind of representing. Um, so so thanks for, for tuning in for the podcast. We try to give you a little bit of dosage of what's going on in marketing news um, through our, our lens for us by us. I miss you guys. Yeah. It's been a while. Too. Yeah, you got a whole husband. <laughs> Congrats. I know. Congrats. Yeah, what if that was supposed to be on the line? I love yeah, the I southern <laughs> accent. <laughs> the right. husband. The whole husband. <laughs> How you go into quarantine and come out with a whole husband? Hey, man, you got to teach us your ways. Yo, we trying to learn, too. <laughs> People can't catch a husband out here when <laughs> it's open. When it's open. Yeah. Right. I was like, yes, was like, so by the way, y'all, I got married this week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's quality marketing. That's how she uh, right, she right. closed the deal my there. God, <laughs> my God. Everybody feeling good though? Feeling good? Feeling great? Feeling good. We're blessed. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Let's get straight into the news. <laughs> um, so, Marketing Business Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to cover a little bit about um, merch integrations um, with brands. Um, so, uh, maybe it's been here for, forever, but at least in, in, since I've been old enough to kind of buy. Um, my own clothing merch has been kind of a, a really, really big, um, piece of kind of building up marketing brands, people's individual brands. Um, and has even more so, I would say, even propelled kind of over the last decade or so, um, with a lot, a lot of really, really interesting things. Um, unboxing is, is a big theme out there. Um, we kind of tune in on social media. Are we over that though? Uh, I don't, are we? 
Are we? I don't think that the uh, unboxing it's over, stuff? nor do I. I think as with many things, it was always a thing. You always like think about it, whether it's opening a CD jacket or something yeah. like it was always an experience. But now yeah, because but now of YouTube, it's, yeah. it's, right. it's a thing. It's, to me, <laughs> unboxing and ASMR go right together. Yeah, I guess like, so. Why, like, why? Why break, are break these? Break down ASMR for the folks that don't know. Ah, um, <laughs> it would be Dave's like a good question. It's a it's a sensory experience. I wish I knew what the autonomous exact- sensory meridian response. Thank you, Sue. Thank you. I didn't know that either, so I'm glad someone broke it down. For yeah, me. No yeah. problem. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Right, glad Stu comes with some facts. Um, all right, so let's, let's get let's get straight into um, let's get straight to the merch conversation. Um, a little less, uh, actually, let's we'll, we'll, let's start with Travis. Um, I think that's probably the biggest merch conversation that we have out right now. Um, so Travis Scott um, recently uh, released a integration and, and kind of partnership with McDonald's. Um, what about two, three weeks ago now? Yeah, something like that. Something three like weeks. That. Yeah. Um, features a few things. And you guys keep me honest on all this. I know he has his own hamburger on the menu, mm-hmm. um, has his, his own own meal. And, and it, it, they're not new oh. items. Um, it's a Sprite with, I think, extra ice. It's some nuggets with barbecue sauce or, or fries with barbecue sauce. Um, and then a hamburger made a certain way. Um, and you can like rap rap uh, his lyrics or something like that to get them uh, his menu, right? So I I heard that's a hoax. That I don't know and if that's true or not. I know people are doing it. So people are doing it and going up and, and rapping sicko mode. I think that's a Jedi, and people are going up there and looking stupid to order the food. I think I don't know. Maybe you're right, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> I don't go. I'm just, I'm, I don't go to McDonald's. I was gonna I say I don't go to McDonald's <laughs> enough, but I would go if I could catch somebody doing that. Yeah, like that would be funny to me. So, so when this this integration came out, and there's a pretty um, extensive merch store with it, and um, for you guys who who are not familiar with um, Travis Scott, he's had a million integrations, um, mm-hmm. twenty plus collabs over the last probably what six seven years. Um, most recently, even this year. Uh, he had a really, really strong integration with Fortnite. Did a, a, a great concert. Um, and I didn't get to catch the concert, but when Corona first started, we actually talked about that in this podcast. Um, he, he's integrated with a Nerf gun uh, recently. I think most of them have been with designers, streetwear, and or fashion. Um, but there are some opportunities that he's done outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, within, uh, under the name uh, Cactus Jack for, for most of his stuff, which I'm also... I'm also very interested in, in how he's sustained this brand without like real fashion. Like it's all like what we wore in the nineties or like the early two thousands is really baggy jeans, really baggy shirts. He pulls it off. I mean, it's Air not, Force Ones. Yeah. The only thing that's like different is probably the Jordan collab. Yes. But I mean, they changed in general, the his shoes. Style. Yeah. Generally his style is like very, it's kind of grunge, very like Nirvana esque time. Yeah. Period. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kirk Cobain. Yeah, and I would argue Travis Scott, at least 2019, I would argue probably the biggest hip-hop act, only maybe rival is The Baby. He's up there. Yeah, um, so probably the biggest hip-hop act of 2019. Um, I don't know if 2020 even has it. I think he's bigger than The Baby, though. That's yeah. just personal. Not that it matters, but... He's, he's, def- he's definitely bigger than The Baby, for he's sure. He's bigger yeah. than The Baby. Where do he- 
I, where did he had a hotter year in 2019 than the baby? I think it's a conversation. I would still go with yeah, Travis. No, he's definitely. I mean, the baby's probably had a definitely hotter year than maybe musically, but even people that don't yeah. listen to Travis Scott's music get the merch because they know they can either flip it or some. So there's more of a reference point for Travis Scott. I think is, is yep. my point. Yeah. Cool. And uh, Kylie Jenner's uh, baby. Dad. Right. That too. That doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's great marketing. Yeah. yeah. Does it doesn't hurt to marry a, a billionaire? It's part of the machine. <laughs> part of the machine. Uh, Going going back to the McDonald's um, campaign, this part of the campaign was part of a broader, larger campaign, Famous Trays, uh, which invited key celebrities like Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, um, to share their favorite McDonald's items. But I do believe that Travis Scott was probably the most popular one and the one that got the most. Um, I actually didn't even know about the other ones. I know sure. Travis Scott. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Travis Scott even had a commercial during the NBA Finals, mm-hmm. which is on time I'm watching commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, or playoffs. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm channeling my Lakers uh, finals uh, next week. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, Knock on wood or something, man. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, a question for you guys with that. So, he's done 20-plus collabs, um, even like four or five this year. I argue, you know, he's becoming the, the Sam Jackson of... Um, of collabs? Yeah, of collabs. He's like the new Supreme now, right? Like, Yeah. Brand kinds of anything and everything that he can attach it to, right? So my question is, with that, and, and kind of taking it back to traditional marketing and how we think about things, um, is there brand erosion in that by doing too many collabs, or is that just like further fueling your brand? Brand erosion for him specifically, or for those other brands? Ah, that's a good question. Either one. Not for the other brands, I don't think. Not for the brands. I think, if anything, for him. Mm-hmm. But even with other brands, and, and I wasn't thinking about throughout lens, I could argue, you know, they give him a big bag to do a collab, but we have 1,900 collabs of his, and we're the, the, the name's not really worth the money. I think looking at that list, one, I was truly surprised at how many collabs that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, like, his style is unorthodox, and I think that it kind of works with all these random things. Mm-hmm. He tr- truly seems to be like that artist where if I like it, fuck it, that's what I'm doing. Right. And these collabs kind of read that way. Mm-hmm. Like maybe this year I was walking with this brand. Like the newest one with Ivizu. When's the last time somebody talked yeah, about that? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I went to my mom's house during quarantine. I got my Ivizu, These ain't diesel. I was like, when are these going to come back? I spent too much money on these. Well, apparently now. <laughs> you might you might get them tailored now, boy. Them things are <laughs> way too big. They're huge. Yeah, I, I, I the... I'm kind of I'm kind of with on I think more maybe better I mean we we grew up in a generation where I, I turn on every channel and, and Shaq was always on that's true um, he had a video game he had he did a bunch of collaborations with a bunch of different things yep. he was movies in wrestling. rapping yeah. he, he had four or five commercials on at a time mm-hmm. um, and Sam Jackson is falling in that as well yeah um, I mean think about it like in terms of like people can't perform or artists can't perform anymore like do touring or anything so like this is probably yeah. the Number one way for them to make money right now outside of like their own merch that's tied to just them, right? So getting these endorsement deals up. So I'm mad at him for getting this paper up during a time when he can't do touring or anything right. like that. So that's a very good point. These are uncertain times. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uncertain <laughs> time, you gotta lock in that money now, them contracts now. Right. But I think I think for an artist like like Travis, you know, it's it seems like all his collaborations are very unique to his style rather than him selling out to a brand. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that's why it works. Definitely there are some celebrities that do too many collaborations and you mm-hmm. feel like not a, no more. Yeah. But 
it seems like these collaborations are very unique to who he is. And, you know, to Dave's point, if he is if he agrees, he likes it, he goes for it. I was cool with the other ones. I had trouble with McDonald's. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. Like, McDonald's talk about that. Talk off. about that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like we said all the good stuff. Why? Right? So that, it's yeah. cute. It's great. We get it. Get your money, black man. Completely understand. However, however, <laughs> <laughs> comma. Uh, you know, I felt a little weird. I felt a little weird yeah. about this. But then again, I mean, I don't know. I, I felt a little weird because it was like it's McDonald's. But then, like, if I look back at the history of McDonald's and how they've you know, geographically placed their restaurants and where they placed them, the number of franchisees that are actually black-owned McDonald's franchises, the the constant need to use a black figure to sell hamburgers. I'm like, fam, we're still doing this. That that was that, that was my internal yep. conflict. I mean, I think it was a little bit less like in your face, like old school, like uh, McDonald's marketing would be very like. Hey y'all, buy me buy a burger here. You know what I mean? It was real like in your face, very like yeah, culturally like you know it was Latin Latin uh, people in one of them. It was black. It was very separate, mm-hmm. separate, yeah. right? In terms of how they brought it to life, but I think it is kind of weird. Even though I would say McDonald's did, I believe two years ago they were at ComplexCon uh, uh, giving out uh, jean jackets, right? You could put okay. different designs on them. They're part they partnered with. Joe Fresh Goods at the time. So, like, it's not something foreign to McDonald's in and, terms and of their Swoops, journey to connect, right? I believe her name is Swopes. The influencer was uh, doing it all the designs on, on those okay, yeah. mm-hmm. as well at that time. Yeah, and I mean, I felt the same way, and I kept kind of going back and forth, like, this integration isn't for me until 3 o'clock in the morning I bought a hat. <laughs> so it, it was, like, I'm like, <laughs> scrolling, I'm like, what is this shit? Oh, okay. I got the D jacket, so I can't even yeah, That's funny. <laughs> I can't even front <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah I will say what's, what's a little bit different about this one though is that, and I don't think I've seen this, and so you guys might have seen this in you guys' experiences or whatever. But like, I think this is the first time I've seen it where it's multiple items and they keep coming out, right? So I think it, they released some, and then there was another release, right, of uh, more items, correct? Yeah, they had like shirts, and then yeah, I've never, I've never seen it like where it's like it's still stuff coming. I actually don't know. I, I, I don't know what the switch is with the release of new item, items. I do know that it wasn't difficult for me to buy my hat, and then over the course of the week, you kept seeing things pop up on like StockX that were oh uh, resale, mark, mark, yeah, resale crazy. So it mm-hmm. led me to believe that there were certain products that may have been more limited edition and and, and maybe a smaller. They put drop. that stuff on stock. There's an aftermarket for this. It's aftermarket. A big one. I'm not oh, for sure. There's a big one. <laughs> you better put that in my bag. So so uh, another question before you can get into the aftermarket and it's my last one on this on this topic. Uh so we we've really gotten into this kind of aspect of scarcity within these drops, drop culture period and, and fashion. Very different from if you take hip hop integration and early 2000s when you had Sean John and you had Rock Aware and you had, you know, I think Akui is even still out and Vocal and you, you had all these people who were building fortunes. You, Diddy and Jay built the foundation of their fortune, not on music, on, on fashion. What are you, where are you guys' perspective on this strategy versus the strategy in the early 2000s? And I can argue, you know, maybe, maybe Kanye is the one person who's kind of living into that old, that old strategy just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, it's, it's not really, it's not really the same. I don't. I don't think it's something that everyone can do. Um, I, right. I give, I give Travis got a lot of credit for for doing that because I don't know that I would have guessed that he would be the one to lean into this model and to be quite honest to be successful with it. Like, there's a lot of other musicians that I probably would have guessed would have been able to do this, um, and he wouldn't be the one that came to mind. Like, I think about a Kid Cudi. I think about 
a Lupe fiasco. I think about a lot of the the backpacking rapper collective during that time. I mean, even a Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't know that I would have went to Travis Scott until he actually started doing these collabs and oh, okay, like that's I respect that. It's kind of working. I well I agree. I, I think he did these uh, Oh go ahead go ahead, Mike. Well I think that he did these collabs before he had a, a sound. So Agreed. There, there were years that he just sounded like a kid cuddy impersonator. Fair. Um and eventually, maybe maybe even as recently as his last album in 2019, it was like, Oh, you have a real sound. Yeah. Dude. Like I don't mm-hmm. care about if Drake was to drop a collab, I wouldn't care. You know what I'm saying? And like Drake is a bigger star, and I believe he is with with Nike. I would say, I mean, Maybe, I think it, yeah, it comes down sure. to like who Travis Scott is, right? So he's a producer. I mean, he's a producer. He's also like you know a front man. He can rap and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like something about him is still like in the back burner, where like his aesthetic and his creative direction and all those things could have like more of a uh, more be more primary than him as a person, right? So like to your point about Drake, him is just being Drake. Is going to outshine anything that he does other than him just doing what he does, which is rapping and putting out records, right? Versus like Travis, I think he just has some something about him that's a little bit quieter in the back burner where some of this stuff can be in the forefront, in my opinion. But- I think the biggest thing about Travis, I think, I think I just, as you were saying that, it just hit me. The thing about Travis is that you know a Travis song when you hear one, and you also yep. know a Travis song when he's featured on someone else's song. And he doesn't change his sound because he's collabing with someone else. And I think that yeah. that's poignant because it, it goes to Yes's point in terms of how he shows up for how he shows up as himself in these collaborations as well. Yeah, we're, we're, I, I don't want to go too far off, off the topic, but I think the reason it's part of his brand, his branding is more my point. Well, I think I think the way the, the reason it sounds like him when he's featured on, on other people's tracks is because there's too much technology used to make his music. So the same way T Pain was, if it was a T Pain song, it was gonna be a T Pain song because <laughs> T Pain can't sing. Like, I didn't, was, I, but I never felt like. If he, if T Pain was featured on someone like take I'm so hood, I I didn't look at that as a T Pain song. You see what I'm saying? Like I, when I hear it's someone he owns the song and he's fe- <laughs> Travis Court, Travis Scott is featured. It could have just as well have been Travis Scott's. Cool. I'm with it's you. the ad libs for me. You know what I'm saying? It's the ad it's ad libs, the sound. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. It's the ad libs for me. <laughs> like Converse is starting to feel more like Nike, like because of the branding that Nike consistently has. So they're 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 you know experimenting with Gore-Tex and all these other different kinds of uh, materials because that's what Nike does. They're always going to be true to themselves. Yeah. I think that's what I'm getting at. Got it. All right. Yeah. Do we, do we to wrap it up? Do we feel like Travis like helped pull or uh, push McDonald's narrative forward in any way? I mean, I'm not buying any more burgers. Yeah. Like <laughs> but, uh, but I'm just an older <laughs> gentleman. I'm health conscious. I'm right. Gentleman. I'm worried about my sodium <laughs> intake. <laughs> it's cool, though. Get your money. Oh, it's cool. I mean, it's a Gen Z question. I, I mean, you know, we, we say that, but at the same time, me and Ryan are paying to advertise for them. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. So I'm, I'm walking around with some golden arches on my head like a dumbass. <laughs> uh, uh, you like what you like, man. Uh, I just want to confirm that Drake is uh, does have a collab with, with Nike. That the the Little Dirt video was kind of the announcement of that he wore some of that merch there, and there, there's been some pictures on Instagram of the merch, but it hasn't officially. Have you purchased uh, any OVO stuff? Drop. Uh, no, because like I ever. Think, I don't think Drake can dress. Okay, great. That's my point. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> that's that's perfect. That's that's perfect. That's my point, though. Exactly. His brand is not dressing, so yeah. he can't capitalize on that. It's great. Okay. Uh, all right. So we're talking about clothing. Um, Stu, can you, can you tell us a little bit about what Patagonia has going on? Yeah. Yeah. So 
let, let me let me start off with this. I think that this is really co- this is really cool. What every what Patagonia's been doing, and I'm sure some of you all have seen the vote the assholes out tags. It's made its rounds on Twitter and Instagram. People have seen it and they've kind of nodded at Patagonia as kind of being somewhat like Ben and Jerry's, although Ben and Jerry's is like in a league of their their own. But um, I will say that upon reading this, and I'll give you all the backstory in a second. Upon reading this, I'm actually disappointed with like what they were focused on i think that this could have been they had this was could have been a moment where they could have encompassed so many different things and they only focused on one thing and you'll understand why i'm saying that in a second so um the label ended up being something that they didn't think about for very long the culture and design team over patagonia decided that it was something that they would put on the label because they're focused on environmental issues and climate (laughs) change and all of that That's their main focus. Their, their founder, um, actually invests in a, in a climate change campaign kind of foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that they say around the office, vote the assholes out, right? And that's really for all of the politicians in office that don't believe in climate change. As you know, the president right. is one of them. And the ones that are holding up, you know, And the ones that are holding up legislation and just not being, not doing the job that we voted them in to do. Um, and so this was their way of kind of putting that messaging out there that like push everyone to vote, but it wasn't this big splashy campaign, which is why I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. It was like, we'll put these on the label and we'll see if people find it. Yeah. And then once amazing. people found it, it was, oh shit, this is kind of dope. Like, I can't believe that they did this and yeah. it was this big kind of thing, but no one really understood why. And it's for climate change specifically, but there's so many things that right. could have been tied into such as, such as racial injustice, such as a, a myriad of different things, education reform. There's so many things, mm-hmm. infrastructure rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many things that they could have, you know, attached onto this. They only focused on the environmental aspect of, which is still a very important thing to talk about, but I kind of hope that they would, they would fight the good fight. So I love to talk about the 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 um the environmental aspect in relation to their consumer base. Yeah, no, it makes um, sense. Uh, one question I have before that, well, well, actually, a teachable a teachable moment mm-hmm. um for for liberal liberal white people. Um, so oh, <laughs> there there has been a a um an don't inc- get fired. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> increased focus in, in conversation. Around voting this election cycle, which is is accurate, and everybody needs to go out there and vote. And um, for the record, everybody doesn't think like you think. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that th- this idea that Joe Biden is is guaranteed to win is yeah, true. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So right. that's just FYI for everybody. Right. Uh, but but two on, on on that aspect, I there's an there is a conversation going on that I think is trying to. Um, uh, maybe defer or, or whatever, uh, responsibility of kind of the, the racial injustice conversation to it all being Donald Trump. And I think it's a very easy way for a liberal white person to kind of walk away from the conversation and, and wash their hands away. Like, I don't have anything to do with this. We need to get Donald Trump out. Mm-hmm. That's the shit that got us in this place. It got in the first here place. in the first, right. in, yeah, in, yeah. In the first place, thinking like, this isn't a New York problem. This is a Mississippi problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or whatever your perception was. Right. I, I'm just very, 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 um, Concerned about that narrative that's going around that this is all Donald Trump's fault. And mind, right. mind you, he has enough to take responsibility for, but, right. but it's not all him. And you know, when I initially saw the, the, the chatter going around, um, I immediately thought that it was about Trump, directly about Trump and everything yeah, that has happened. Yeah, me too. When I read the article, I mean, 
I was blown away by the the, the background of the campaign, mm-hmm. and I am very conscious of climate change. So for me, I was really happy to see that it was all about climate change. Yeah, um, it, it's a real issue, and um, I think one if people <clears throat> if people took the time to understand behind this campaign and maybe that's one reason why they're going to vote because many people you know to your point you know not everybody thinks like us right um i think people are just trying to find common ground and focus on the things that they care about yeah so for those people that you know like patagonia they're focused on climate change that's probably a reason why they're going to go and maybe pay attention to who they're voting for so I I was really I was blown away by this campaign, yeah. but I agree with you. Uh, it could have been about some so many other things. It could have been more. I think it could have been. Look, the env- environmental issue is is mm-hmm. very pertinent, very important. I don't think we spend enough time talking about mm-hmm. it. So I get it. They're they're uh, they're an outdoor outfitting mm-hmm. company, so it makes right. sense that they would lean more into this. Um, did love the story. I just felt like they they could have been a little bit. Does, more. does it alienate consumers? Because that's the conversation uh, we have with, with kind the, of political stances all the time. Right? Um, I, I think I think that this was a safe bet. You know what I'm saying? This is as safe a bet as Nike yeah. putting their their chips behind Colin Kaepernick. It's like I mean, I think they had to. They really needed to support with more storytelling. That it sounds like they didn't do. Right? I was going to so, say, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like sometimes with some of these merch collaborations, you need to like really lean into storytelling to help mm-hmm. communicate what you're trying to like message to consumers and have them partake with you and in agreement with you and in alignment with your vision is for the brand. Right. In this case, it was left up to interpretation. And as many of us interpreted, we thought it was Trump related. Right. right. I think they just let, let it ride. But I mean, contextually like relevant and sound for the time, but it was, it was probably left too open ended, Right. So mm-hmm. it leaned into where a lot of people were like, uh, my song, like white liberals, a lot of angry liberals, um, where we probably <laughs> should have, they probably should have gave a little bit more context. Right. Which is super important. They could have did it on their socials. They could yeah. do it. I, I should say uh-huh. though, that they have seen a, a huge uptick in site traffic. Right. Um, and on, on the site, sure. it speaks sure. more to this, the 1% initiative, which is what they're talking, mm-hmm. which is what's tied to, um, climate change and, and raising money for that. And, and, you know, I think for regular people who are not in media like we are, who are not leaned into marketing, they're going to see this and they're going to think it's about Trump or whatever costs they might associate it with, you know, racial injustice or whatever topic it's closest to you. So, for the regular people, they're not going to take the time to read the article no. or go, dig, you know, <laughs> dig through like Patagonia's website. They're going to make it about whatever they want to make it about. Yeah, but that's true. I thought it was brave. Uh, and, you know, given that Patagonia is a more affluent brand, uh, outdoor affluent, meaning affluent tech, tech, <laughs> tech <laughs> mainly tech focused. Tech, yes. You know, they probably did have to navigate very carefully. Yeah. Um, but I like it. I mean, to me, climate change is, is serious. So I, I appreciated it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, stand for something. Um, I do think this is it's, it's an interesting case study because it's something we talk about all the time in terms of any political stances on brands and and if you know who you're alienating. Um, this one wouldn't make you upset though, because you have a thing about brands te- talk, telling a story that they don't know anything about. Right. Oh yeah, like course. that's a thing for you. Yeah, so yeah. you're good with this. Though. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I mean, I'm, I'm good with it. <laughs> all right, perfect. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're good. Another with Another question Mike. I have for you guys: <laughs> Did you guys like the shorts? <laughs> No, those are those are awful shorts. No, 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 no. no. They look like shorts you'll see. Yeah, they do need a Travis Scott collab. Jeez, this sounds like a job for Travis Scott. Cactus Jack. Cactus (laughs) Jack. Um, 
right. This is our March episode. Um, I do want to wrap up on, on on one last um kind of tidbit and kind of educational moment. So we've had a lot of questions recently on kind of developing your own merchandise. Um, and I encourage everybody to go out there and do their own research. Um, with that, uh, want to break down and Ryan, I know you have some experience here as well. Um, kind of the approaches, uh, to developing your own merchandise, t-shirts, et cetera, kind of on, on a very much smaller scale, not necessarily on kind of a, a, a larger national or global scale from, from these brands. Um, so two aspects. So one, I, I encourage everybody to go out there and kind of Google Amazon merch or merch by Amazon rather. Um, that there, there are two approaches to, to creating merchandise. So there's one idea of let me go where the traffic is and that would be like an Amazon. There's one aspect of let me create something really, really dope and drive everybody to it. And that's what you see on, on, on Instagram when you see a t-shirt that's targeting you and, and a shoppable link towards it. Um, typically on that, that first end within Amazon, Merch by Amazon, really optimizing towards SEO, towards keywords, towards developing something that's, um, that is going to hit on a relevant trend that people are going to be searching for, where that be two months from now, three months from now. Let's say if I think Halloween is coming up and that's the next big thing, how do I find my niche within Halloween, make Halloween cat shirts or, or whatever it is, um, to, to target a certain niche to build SEO before, before we get there. Secondarily, um, and the downfall of that is, is you have a very limited kind of, aspect of the type of products that you're able to use to to launch and to give your consumers on the other side of it um in developing some really really kind of dope stuff to drive people to what you see on instagram or other places very very often are print on demand services so um these people are typically and we won't even talk about the third kind of aspect of how to go to market but these people are not typically making a whole bunch of shirts and putting them in their their garage and then putting them in the box and selling them to you when you order them that shirt is made Right then, they're uploading a graphic to, to send it over to you. Um, you typically get a little bit higher quality. You have a little bit more control on on, on, on that that merchandise and, and more range and, and lower more, overhead. Lower overhead, yeah, yeah. So um, those are two approaches, and obviously the third approach is kind of what we all think about within within you know your garage full of boxes. Um, Who's who has a garage? It's the garage for me, fam. Like, wait, like, <laughs> I was like, wait, garage? Man. Got a U-Haul storage unit. <laughs> I went to a, I went to a virtual wedding uh, Sunday. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and the groom's bow started off with, for me. <laughs> and I just like, but no. That's great. See, at uh, least I didn't have a virtual wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Word. Shoot me. That's... That's we do, fair. We do need to discuss, and we'll say this for another episode, how late your virtual <laughs> weddings can start. It, it, it definitely was a 45 minutes on Zoom before that wedding started. Yeah, we do need, we definitely, we definitely need a, a revisit on the whole video conference. Oh, yeah. Post, post COVID world that we're about to be in for yeah, a little while. Yeah, we do. Another we do. Year. Ad color and all that. Well, we'll talk about that later, another but yeah. <sighs> all right. I guess that's the end of the episode, guys. <laughs> Episode 36, Marketing Misfits Podcast. <laughs> I am Mike Summers. Dave Smith. Stu Cornelius. Oh, yes. Ryan Chappelle. Please rate, review, tell your friends, tell your cousin, tell your auntie, tell your auntie's auntie. <laughs> Why you say auntie like this? Slice came in, he went satisfied, got bent balls.